Thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, learning our purpose, and linking to our community. From wherever you are listening, welcome to the community. We hope you enjoy the message. I'm so excited to continue this series with you. Now, if you've gotten a chance to spend some time with us this year, you know that the God-given word, the word given to us by God to live out this year is ready. This goes for all of us here at Kuo. And the idea behind that is that right now, the way that we are currently constructed, where you are at right now, you are ready to make an impact in this world. You're ready to listen to God, love people, learn your purpose, and link to your community. And as we continue to move through this series called Second Nature, we're going to see how Jesus' most famous sermon, the one that he most famous sermon he ever delivered, will help us live out this readiness every single day. And by leaning on what Jesus has asked us to do, we can develop a second nature. We can develop the nature of Jesus. Now, before we go any further, let's just go ahead and take a minute to pray. Jesus, thank you for today. As we listen to your words, Let us understand them better than we ever have before. Jesus, we ask that you move today. We ask that you speak to us. Jesus, help us know you better. Jesus, please help us know your heart better. We thank you for everything and we love you. And we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Okay, well, there was a time growing up where you might say, I was a little too trusting maybe even gullible. I just trusted that people were telling the truth to me. And one of my most famous stories in this, in my family, came when I was like nine or 10 years old. You see, I had this friend of mine that his dad worked at USA in the facilities department. So like when something would break down, he would run over there to go fix it. He'd take care of all kinds of things around the campus so he knew his stuff about the facility. Well, one day, my friend pulls me aside to tell me, he goes, hey, you know those ponds at Fredericksburg or at USAA, the ones that are by Fredericksburg? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've seen them. We've driven by. And he goes, well, those ponds, they have piranhas in them. Y'all, I believed him. And I didn't even have like a follow-up question. I just believed him directly at his word. And so a few months go by and I'm watching TV with my parents and the news is on. And there's a story about a car that drove off the road and into one of those ponds. And I saw it and I went, Oh no, I hope they got out before they got attacked by the piranhas in there. And there was a pause in the room and then everybody just kind of turned and looked at me like I was a crazy person. Uh, And then somebody was like, what did you just say? And I explained what I'd been told. And I'm sure there was like laughing involved as I was telling them. And my parents explained to me why it wouldn't make any sense for an insurance company to put man-eating piranhas in their ponds. And to this day, anytime those ponds are brought up, someone in my family will go, oh, the the ponds with the piranhas in them? (sighs) So what is the piranha pond in your life? What is the thing that you were told or believed that seemed credible at the time, but now it seems totally insane? We all have one. Well, we have it until we're shown something better, something more reasonable. We have it until we learn the truth. And this is exactly what we are going to be talking about today with Jesus. 
Last week, we were looking at Jesus' most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, where he was explaining to people what the law, the law was useful for of that time. Jesus wanted people to worry about the law that was given to Moses and the prophets directly from God. He wanted all the people of Israel, all the Jewish people, really all the people of the world that were listening to him to lean into those. He wasn't interested in the oral tradition, the laws that were handed down by the religious leaders of their time. These oral traditions or oral laws were created to help define how people would live out the laws that God spoke to Moses and spoke to the prophets. But these oral traditions, these oral laws had morphed into something else. They had turned into something that people thought they had to follow to be made righteous, to be saved, to enjoy an eternity in heaven, to be made right with God. But Jesus explained that there was one law that he did want them to follow, the commandment that he gave to love each other the way he loved. So he broke all of that down. We talked about it last week. And then he continued with this next part that we are going to read through today. Here's how it was recorded by Jesus' friend and disciple Matthew. Jesus said, You have heard that our ancestors were told, You must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. All right, just a sentence in and a few things to take a look at. First, Jesus is speaking directly to the oral traditions, the oral law. And we know that because Jesus said, You've heard that our ancestors were told. Also in this, Jesus quoted the sixth commandment and combined it with Leviticus chapter 19, verse 17. And the judgment he's speaking of was the civil court in Israel, whose panels were actually elected by their religious leaders, the ones that put out the law, the oral law. So standing before those courts on the charge of murder could actually lead to your own death. And what Jesus is telling them is that the Pharisees, the religious leaders, were teaching people that they should not commit murder because if you murder, you will die. You will die for it, which to some of us seems very fair. If you murder, there has to be a consequence. That consequence is death. But when you look at the Ten Laws of Moses, the Ten Commandments, it says thou shalt not kill, right? But it doesn't say thou shalt not kill because if you do, you will be killed also. This is part of the example that Jesus is trying to make. He's showing them that the oral traditions, the laws imposed by the religious elite of their time were adding things onto the laws that God had passed down. So here's what Jesus has to say about the law of that time. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. This is the fun part. This is the part I get kind of excited about. We gotta pay close attention to the start of this sentence. Jesus explains, you've heard and then follows it with, but I say, and this is huge, because in this moment, Jesus is claiming his authority over how the law is interpreted. He's like, those religious leaders, all those bros over there have told you this, but I'm telling you. Like a parent explaining to a child why piranhas in a pond at UTSA don't make, or USAA don't make any sense, Jesus is setting them straight. He's letting them know that they haven't been taught the real meaning behind this law that was handed down by God. Jesus is claiming his full authority because he is the author. As the author and ultimate interpreter of the law, Jesus is making sure everyone understands the way these things were supposed to be interpreted. And rather than communicating what others had passed along secondhand, 
third hand, fourth hand, whatever. Jesus looked his audience in the eye and said, you yourselves, yourselves are hearing this directly from the source, from the author. Which, real quick tangent, we still need that today. We need to lean into God for the source of truth. The full truth won't be found in a podcast, TV show, or social media post. It will be found with the one that wrote it. The author has all the authority. And y'all, that even includes me. You know, I'm going to do my best to make sure I present you with the best, most prayerfully made and Jesus-centered information possible, but it's totally possible that I'm getting something wrong. And that's why we encourage you, that's why I encourage you to go to God, listen to him, listen to what he wants you to do, because he is the one all of this flows out of. And to a degree, this is what Jesus is getting at right here. He's trying to tell people to turn from the interpretation of the law as given by the religious leaders. He wants people to turn to him. He wants people to turn to the Father, not these people running around here on the earth. Okay, so we understand that this is Jesus claiming his authority and we need to listen to him. But he's also giving a message on what we should be doing about the second nature that we need to figure out. Jesus is talking about an important commandment, do not murder. The Pharisees taught that murder consists of taking someone's life, but Jesus is extending, is pushing up, raising the bar of this commandment. Jesus is saying, is not, is saying that not only is the act of murder wrong, but also that the internal attitude behind the act is wrong. Murder is wrong, and the anger prompting the act is also as wrong as plunging that knife in. And to take this whole idea further, becoming angry and assuming you're better than someone else by calling him or her a bad name demonstrates sinfulness of the heart. Jesus says a person with a heart like this is worthy of the fires of hell. Now, let's stop right here. What Jesus is explaining is that having a sinful heart will lead you to hell. But in this moment, he is not explaining the fullness of the gospel. We are all forgiven when we believe in Jesus and the life he lived and his sacrifice for us. I just needed to say that so you don't get sidetracked. Jesus isn't saying if you're mean to someone, you automatically go to hell no matter what. This is for people and their hearts, and he's just kind of giving an idea of that. So Jesus is making a point about something specific here. Jesus is saying that when God gave the sixth commandment, he did not just want people to keep from murdering one another. God wanted something more. He wanted to keep from the hatred that leads to murder. Murder is the external manifestation of the internal problem. The religious leaders of that time only looked at the external act. And Jesus is explaining that God's concern for his people ran so much deeper. God wasn't concerned, isn't concerned, with you just not killing people. Life is precious, y'all. More precious than some of us view it as. God views each life so precious that the way you treat people across the board is monitored by him. It isn't enough to just not murder. He wants your heart about the people around you to be right. He wants your viewpoints on people with differing views than you to be right. He wants your viewpoints on the people that like pineapple on pizza to be right, no matter how wrong they are. Y'all, this is a direct continuation of last week. The law makes you look good on the outside, but God is worried about all of you. He's worried about the condition of your heart. God wants you to be with him all the way. 
And I know firsthand that anger towards people can be destructive. There have been multiple times in my life that it has burned me down. It devoured me for seasons. So I understand in this, it's not just about the value that Jesus is putting on the life around you. He values your life too. And he wants you to be connected to him, to his heart. And what's beautiful about this is that Jesus gives us a few examples on how we're supposed to deal with this kind of anger in our lives. So let's take a look at what Jesus has to say next. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. So this is an interesting one because we, have, we need to have the context of this. Remember the way that people would get right with God during this time was to go to the temple, ceremonially place their sin on an innocent animal. And then that innocent animal was sacrificed for the sins and, and then they were made right with God. This only happened once or twice a year for a family. And when they did this, a lot of Jewish people, a lot of these Jewish families, they lived outside of Jerusalem where the temple was located. So they had to make this trip, a lot of times on foot, and normally this would take multiple days. Then when they got there, they would get to the temple, they would walk in, and they'd have to wait in line behind all the other people that were looking to do the same thing at the same time. This was not a convenient walk down the street. This was not as easy as driving down the road or even across town here to Akuo. This was a real pain. And then Jesus is telling them, if they go through all this, if they make the long trip, they wait in line, they get to the front, and then they start in the process. But in the middle of this process of removing their sin, they realize that they have offended someone in some way, that someone doesn't like them for some reason, and things haven't been made right between them, then they need to stop everything, go back home, make the couple days trip back, and make things right with that person. For some of the people listening to Jesus, this was straight up crazy talk. I mean, if we put it in context today, it would be like driving all the way out to Disney World in Florida, buying your tickets, getting inside, waiting in line for the longest ride there, hours and hours and hours, getting to the front of the line. They call you up only to remember that your tia's mad about at you about something that you said to her during Christmas. So before you go through with the ride, you need to leave get back into the car, drive all the way back to San Antonio, then make things right. Then you can drive all the way back to Disney World, buy a new ticket, and wait in line all over again. That is absolute crazy talk. But there's a reason for this. What Jesus is showing us is that when we are at odds with people in our lives, it can potentially mess up the relationship that we have with God. And Jesus is explaining that the way that we conduct ourselves with other people is just as, if not more important, than the religious ceremonies that we might put ourselves through. Jesus understood that the longer that we wait to figure out our anger issues with other people, the deeper it can get ingrained in us. And the harder it can get for us to value life around us the way Jesus wants us to, the way God intended us to, even when it's directed towards us. Also, Jesus is showing us that ceremonial sacrifices aren't enough to cover up the ways that we treat people. It's like just because you got baptized doesn't mean you can treat people like garbage. Just because you come to church on Sunday and sing a song and cry and listen to a message and connect with God in those moments, it doesn't mean you erase the poor ways you've treated people the week before. 
those things need to be cleared up as well. And if this is making you feel a little uncomfortable today, that's good. It should be. Jesus is raising the bar on how we should be loving people. Jesus is asking all of us, me included, to develop a second nature, something that we aren't used to. He wants us to strive after his heart for people, not just rules and regulations. Jesus gives us another example on how to deal with other people in our lives. Let's keep reading. Here's what Jesus said next. When you are on the way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to an officer and you will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. Okay, so this time Jesus is showing us what we're supposed to do with what he calls an adversary. Someone that we have been accused of wronging at such a level that they're taking us to court. Jesus is very clear on what we are supposed to do. Make it right. There is a very practical reason for that. He says, when we go before the judge, they might give you a punishment that actually exceeds the offense you've committed, right? Going to jail until you can pay this thing back. It's a very simple way to look at it. Jesus is telling us to figure it out before it gets any worse. Jesus is saying for us to make things right before things swing out of control, spin out of control. For us, when we wrong someone or someone wrongs us, if we don't deal with it, we take it to court. We take it to our friends, our significant others. We take it to the court of public opinion. Then, all of a sudden, there are a bunch of people mad at us because of the way we treated someone. And that can turn into us being mad at another person for making a big deal for something that we think is small. Then the other person could be mad that we're mad at them about being mad at us to begin with. And then both parties are like, well, I'm not gonna apologize. Or, yeah, I know that dude apologized and they were still mad at me, so I'm mad at them when I apologize because the apology didn't come. And it's like, dude, drop it. When time is given for anger to settle, it doesn't get better. It only gets worse. So today, I want you to think about that person or that group, the ones that have accused you of something, or the ones that you have accused of something. And I want you to squash it. You need to offer and accept forgiveness in this. Develop your second nature. Now, if this is a situation where you're putting yourself in physical or emotionally harmful way, like if this is a thing where you're dealing with an abusive and or toxic person, stay away. Maintain the boundaries you have with them. But if it isn't that, you just don't want to, I'm telling you right now, you need to squash this stuff. Because the church, Big C Church, being a Christian, it isn't a solo sport. This is a team sport. The more people we have on our team, the better we will do. We are in community with one another. We are in community because we value the lives of one another. That's what all of this is about. Not about following rules, but about having the same value of all the lives around us that Jesus has. Jesus is showing his people. Jesus is showing us that we need to seek and apply the intention of God's law, of God's instruction in his laws, not just the letter of it. You may have heard not to kill people, but Jesus says to not let anger flow out of your heart for them. 
We aren't doing this just so people like us or because we want to be like the nice Christian person. No, we want to do it because this is the commandment that Jesus gave us to love one another the way that he loved us. Because when we do that, our community grows. People see the love of Jesus flowing back and forth in our community, and then they want to join. And then once they get in, they get to experience the love of Jesus that they never have experienced before. But also, they get to experience the love of a community that they've never felt before. One that is graceful and loves them. That's the whole reason we do this every single week. That's the whole reason I do what I do every day. It's so all of us can be in a loving community with Jesus and a loving community with one another. That's it. Now, for some of you, you might not be there yet. You might not be experiencing that love just yet. And maybe today you're, you're hearing me talk about these things and you're interested in this love. You're interested in being a part of a movement that's more than just following rules. You want to be a part of a movement, a part of a community that has real love and real grace and real forgiveness at every turn. Well, if you want that, your first place to start is with believing. Believing that Jesus who he said, is who he said he was. God walking the earth in human form. Believing that Jesus did what is recorded about him. That he led a life without sinning, sacrificed his life, then rose back from the dead and ascended into heaven. If you believe that, then you can access all this stuff. You get all the love. You get all the grace. And if you've never believed and you want to confirm your belief right now, or maybe you just want to take a moment to reconfirm your belief, I want to lead you in a conversation with Jesus to reconfirm that or confirm that belief, which we would call a prayer. Now, in this prayer, you'll just simply let Jesus know that you trust him and you have faith in him. And I'll ask the rest of the Akuo community to pray along with you because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community there with you. So if you want to confirm your belief in Jesus, just go ahead and say this. Just between you and him, just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now, we're also a kuo, and that means to listen. And we want to be listening to God, so we want to take a few minutes to sit in the presence of God. We just want to sit back and ask God a question, a few questions, actually, and have him answer it. Now, when we ask these questions and listen, uh, you might get a picture in your mind, hear a thought, get spoken out of nowhere. Maybe you'll actually get an audible voice, or maybe nothing will happen. No matter what, we want to sit in front of God and spend this time with him. Because the best ability that we can have when it comes to God is availability. Okay, so just between you and Jesus, I want you just to ask these two questions. Just say, Jesus, who are the people I need to make things right with? And how can I show them your love? I'll give you a couple of minutes to listen, and I'll come back to close in prayer.
Jesus, thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for laying your life down for us. Jesus, please help us figure out how to love people better. Jesus, help us lay down the anger in our lives. Help us figure out the internal struggle that we are dealing with every single day and help us just love everyone around us. Help us bury those hatchets, Jesus. We thank you for everything and we love you. And we pray all these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. Now, before we go, let me share a few things that we have going on. The first thing I want to do is take a moment to thank all the folks that are part of our A-teams here at Akul. Y'all, we could not do what we do every single Sunday without those A-teams, without the folks that are welcoming, do, running sound, running graphics, uh, and, and especially the ones that are there with the cool kids and, and just loving on our kids and showing them who Jesus is. I just thank them so much for how they make our community feel loved and cared for. Now, in addition to that, I want to give you a chance to be a part of one of those A-teams today. This could be one of the things that God has been telling you that you're ready about. Now, to sign up to be a part of one of these A-teams, all you have to do is follow the QR code on the screen to hop in. Or you can just show up at 8 o'clock on a Sunday to help set up the area or at 9 to pray for everything. Now, I do have a story to share with you guys here real quick. This past week, we had the opportunity to reach out to a family that was in danger of getting evicted. We were able to meet them and, and get them a check to make sure that they are not kicked out anytime soon. And I just need you to know it's because of you and your generosity that we were able to serve them in the best way possible. We are doing our best to be like the early church that we see in the book of Acts, where everybody threw all the resources in the middle, and then they would make sure that the people that were needy got what they needed. I need you to know that when you are generous here to Kuo, you're really being generous to your community through Akuo. And we all know that we serve a God that wants us to be generous with his church. We serve a God that is like, hey, don't worry about the laws. I want you to follow my intention of the things I've given you. I don't need you to be hung up on a percentage. What we are trying to show you is that you're going to be talking to God to help take care of people. When you're generous at Akuo Church, you help take care of people. So we want you to go to the Lord, ask him, how should you be generous here? And that's what I want to encourage you to give. Now, if you aren't sure where to start, maybe you haven't heard from God yet. It's okay. One of the many ways that you can express your generosity here to Kuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first root 10% offering in the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be where you start. Now, for a lot of families, that's the starting place, but their generosity goes way beyond beyond 10%. However, we don't want this to be a burden for you. We want you to do this as a celebration of the relationship that you have with Jesus. This isn't a thing where you give something and God gives you something back. Because being generous here at Akuo is about celebrating all the things that you have received through your relationship with Jesus. You know, it's one of those things where, again, we are following the joy, we are doing the things, we are loving people the way that Jesus loved, and we can do that through our giving, through our generosity. Now, this celebration of giving might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family, and that's okay. If things are tough for you right now, please allow us to help you out. We want to be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please, please reach out to us. 
Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akua.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send an email to us at help at akua.church. Or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way that you can do that is by going to our website, akua.church. Now, when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text to give option. For that, all you have to do is text Akuo, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our P.O. Box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail it to Akuo at P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, guys, that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate all of you. And the Akuo team will be praying for you now and will continue to pray for you throughout the rest of the week. So let me just pray over you one last time before we go. Jesus, I just pray that as people put away their phones and turn off their TVs and, and put away their uh, computers and, and different devices, I, I pray that you would be with them. I pray that you would be speaking to them, Lord. I pray that you would show them how you want them to love the people around them. Jesus, I pray that you would show them the people that they need to squash their beef with. Jesus, I pray that you would show them the people that they need to make things right with. And Jesus, I pray that you would place a sense of urgency on their hearts to get it done sooner rather than later. Jesus, I thank you for everything. I love you. We love you, and we pray all these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. All right, that's all that we have for you this week. You enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.